0: Jumping the queue. All of us have done it. None of us like it. And especially displeasing is someone doing it to us. Jumping ahead in the line is nothing new. And yet, it has become extremely distasteful when it comes to getting a vaccination. A Vancouver couple. Stan's accused of flying a private jet to the Yukon, failing to quarantine 14 days, driving to a First Nations reservation, falsely declaring they worked at a local motel, and then the unconscionable jumping the line and getting their vaccinations early for coronavirus. They could do time in jail after already receiving $1,000 fines once they were caught at the airport trying to slip back home. But it all came out last week Rod Baker lost his job as CEO of Great Canadian Gaming, a casino operator. Pride reaches us all. Living as a servant, respecting others, comes only by pure grace. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And welcome to a brand new week and a program called Where Is God in a Coronavirus World. It was early in the days of the pandemic i was concerned we had been interviewing people from all over the world sharing their stories of survival others where i lived didn't even yet think it was real and others were talking about those they loved who had died covid 19 was spreading the lord sent a little book my way that helped refocus my heart and mind on the comforting truth that god is still in control in a moment, I want you to hear the conversation I've had with the author of this book that the Lord used in my life to bring me sweet comfort.
1: To the person that had the big philosophical and theological questions like Martha, he gave answers to that. But to the person who was weeping, he wept too to show that God is a heart that understands. And that mm. tells me something about the heart of God.
0: That's Oxford professor, Dr. John Lennox. He's smart. But even more, he loves Jesus, and he's the one who wrote the book I was telling you about, Where is God in a Coronavirus World? He'll be back with us in a moment to talk about the hope we can find in Jesus, even in challenging days. After the program, I'd like to send you a copy of John's book for your gift to our ministry, and our number to call is 800 That's 800 800- 65 Haven. You can also go online and read a few chapters for the book. And after that make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And if you missed it over the entire month of January, we also still have the DVD, the Gospel of Luke. You can get that from us too when you get in touch. And now let's open the program. Here's Matt Boswell and Matt Papa. Lord, from sorrows deep I call.
2: Lord, from sorrows deep I call When my hope is shaken Torn and ruined from the fall Hear my desperation For so long I've pled and prayed God, come to my rescue so the thorn remains, still my heart will praise. You.
3: Storms within my troubled soul, questions without answers. On my faith, these billows roll. God be now my shelter. Why are you cast down, my soul? Hope in Him who saves you. When the fires have all grown cold, cause this heart to praise you. Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. Put your still my god my soul hey.
2: It's true
0: Welcome to Haven Today. We're going to Oxford, and we haven't been there in quite a while. And on the line with us, Dr. John Lennox was a mathematics professor for many years. You've been on the program with us before. John, I want to say thank you and welcome back to Haven Today.
1: Well, I'm delighted to be with you. You not only
0: have a, a parcel of earned doctorate degrees and taught at Oxford yourself, but you actually were a student of C.S. Lewis. I believe it was the final class he ever taught. Am I am I right on that? Does my memory serve me
1: right? I, I was only a student in the sense that I heard him give his final lectures. Um, but I was at those lectures in 1962, and very memorable that experience was because. Lewis has had a huge influence on me.
0: Well, with that background, what I want to talk to you is a sweet book that you wrote when the pandemic first broke out, and uh, that's your book, Where is God in a Coronavirus World? And I just want to say first, John, thank you for writing that book. It has ministered to me, uh, but I'm sure it's ministering to others too. Why did you decide— as a mathematician, as a theologian, how did you decide to write a book on COVID?
1: It was very simple, actually. When the lockdown started, I, being a mathematician, I realized this is going to show exponential growth, and it's therefore going to be very scary. And seeing that I was going to be confined to my home, I thought, what can I do And it suddenly occurred to me that because I believe that the Christian faith has got something very important to say into situations like this, that I would at least try and sit down and write something that would be fairly short, but would deal with some of the major questions that people would be asking and the pain that they would be suffering. And that's the genesis of the book. Mm.
0: Now, You didn't set out to write a book as to why people should or should not wear a mask. You wrote a book that's more significant than that, didn't you?
1: I think the medical advice, of course, is extremely important. But I was concerned with the much deeper questions because COVID-19 raises those big questions. You can't think of an epidemic or a pandemic in which many people are dying without thinking of the significance of death. And that brings you to the question of eternity and God very rapidly. Well, let's, let's talk about those big questions. What are the
0: big questions that everyone, especially Christians, need to be considering right now? Because the pandemic is still with us. We're in a second wave right now.
1: Well, the title of my book reflects the hardest one, Where is God in a Coronavirus World? Mm-hmm. And I attempt in this book to give What I believe is a rational answer to it. There's no simplistic answer to this ancient problem of pain and evil. But I do believe that Christianity has something to say that goes way beyond in its helpfulness uh, anything that atheism has to say. And I compare the various worldviews in their attempt to come to terms with this. Mm. Are you a little afraid that even some professing Christians
0: are buying into other worldviews and not a Christ worldview?
1: Well, that's always a danger, because Christianity, unfortunately, under the guise of Christendom, has got many faces. And this kind of thing can rock people uh, Mm -hmm. to the base of their being. You know, it seems to me that there are two issues, Charles, here. There's, first of all, the situation of those of us who don't have the disease and are watching it. We're the observers, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And we tend to ask all sorts of big philosophical questions. But then there are people who are actually suffering it, and that's very different. If you're facing death from covid That would rock anybody, and therefore Mm -hmm. one needs to have something extremely solid to hold on to, and I believe that Christ offers that. He doesn't offer that the disease will be cured, but the gospel gives us something that actually transcends death and gives us what atheism can never give by definition, and that is ultimate hope. And mm. so, for me, the way into this centers on two major historical events the cross of Christ, showing us that God understands suffering, and his resurrection, showing that Jesus has triumphed over death and therefore is still alive. And that changes everything.
0: Mm. Well, it certainly does. What's it like in Oxford? I know the UK is, is locked down again, a little more. Uh, what's it been like for you personally during COVID?
1: Well, I live outside Oxford and I haven't left my home overnight for eight months. We have been from time to time in such a serious lockdown that not even our grandchildren can visit us. At the moment, we're limited to meeting with a total of six people under our own roof. So we're going to be able to see part of one of our um, grandchildren group, but not the whole family because they've got six in their family and they can't all come. Hmm. I have hardly been in Oxford at all, and it's very like a ghost city and we don't go out to restaurants or anything like that. We just occasionally go shopping, but mostly have it delivered. So I've been sitting at home, communicating with the world by writing books and being involved in discussions like this. I've done hundreds of them actually, and they're my window to the world.
0: Mm. Let's go back in history just a little bit, and then we'll 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 spend a little more time in this. Let me just use the word "precious," precious little book that you wrote, uh, which I hope people will read and be ministered to by. There in Oxford, at the end of World War One, slightly over a hundred years ago, uh, it was the beginning of the pandemic. It was the Spanish flu, a uh, uh, pandemic that started. Has that crossed your mind a few times that, you know, the troops coming back brought it back to where you live today?
1: Well, in my book, I I felt that we need to try if we can't get things into proportion and go back, not simply to Spanish flu, but way back into the past, because there have been pandemics all through uh, the centuries. And what is very interesting is to see the way in particular how Christians reacted to them, even Martin Luther wrote a book encouraging Christians to stay and do what they could. And, you know, I feel it's very important as a Christian to remind people of the legacy of Christianity and setting up hospices and hospitals, nursing, all of those things are a gift of the Christian faith to the world. And it's very important to remind people of that, but we have been there before, but of course, uh, no, very few people remember the Spanish flu in that sense. They remember <laughs> later incidents of SARS and uh, epidemics like that. But the point is, once you get caught up with it and see something that is extensive and is unpredictable in the way in which it's transmitted as the current thing, we, we just haven't been here before. People have no parallel experience to put alongside it.
0: Mm, mm. Well, let's touch a little more into your book. It's a short book. It's it's only 60-some pages long, but that means it's readable and it's accessible for most people, even though it's written by a man who taught mathematics at Oxford once upon a day. Where do you find your hope in this pandemic, and how are you sharing that that's going to encourage me and our listeners?
1: Well, I find my hope uh, through scripture as it tells us about the way in which Jesus himself dealt with situations. And what I find very encouraging in particular is the, the story of Lazarus, Mary and Martha. There you have a, a nuclear family. Lazarus was very ill and the sisters sent a message to Jesus who was many miles away just telling him that Lazarus was ill. And, of course, they expected him to come, but he didn't come. And they went through the awful emotion of watching their beloved brother, and presumably breadwinner, die.
3: Hmm. And
1: then Jesus turns up. And, first of all, Martha meets him and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Now, that's a coronavirus kind of question. Lord, hmm. where were you? Uh, Were you socially distancing? Because if you were here, he wouldn't have died. So she believed he had the power. Her problem was he wasn't there. And that's the kind of thing that people are raising. God could do it if he would, but Mm -hmm. he doesn't seem to want to. Mm -hmm. And Jesus' answer to her was, of course, absolutely spectacular, ultimately, But he said, you know, um, your brother will rise again, which is lovely, of course. He didn't just say Lazarus would rise again. Your brother, in other words, something of that relationship that they found precious is going to be restored. And Martha then went into theology and said, yes, I know he'd rise again the last day. He said, I don't mean that. I am the resurrection and the life. Mm. And that statement is so spectacular absurd unless it's true hmm. that hmm. it almost sends shivers down my spine there he was standing in a graveyard saying he is the resurrection hmm. that if someone uh believes in him even though they die yet shall they live now that's where i find my hope because he demonstrated subsequently that what he said was true he spoke yes. the word and the dead man came forth but before that The second sister came, and she said exactly the same as the first one. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And then she started to weep. Mm. And here's the most interesting thing. Instead of going into a theological discussion with her, Jesus saw her weeping, and he wept too. And that Mm. tells me something about the heart of God. To the person that had the big philosophical and theological questions, like Martha, he gave answers to that. But to the person who was weeping, he wept too to show that God is a heart that understands. And I believe that needs to be our response. We need to point to those two aspects of Christianity. One, there are real answers, but there's a heartbeat of love to people. And then, of course, he raised Lazarus from the dead. And I firmly believe that what he did in that little graveyard for one person 20 centuries ago, that same voice will one day speak and all people who've trusted him will be raised from the dead. Mm. And so if, for example, I get carried away in the next few months by COVID-19, I know one day that voice will speak and I will be raised Mm -hmm. from the dead. And that, Mm. Charles, is where I find hope.
0: Mm. Amen to that. You've started preaching on me here, which is good. No,
1: but that's, uh, you said I was Irish, but there you see, that <laughs> happens.
0: <laughs> hey, that wasn't a temper. That was just your faith coming through, John. Yeah, Dr. Yeah. John Lennox, would you lead us in prayer right now? Uh, because I believe in my heart from listening to you speak. You know the Lord. You've been sharing the Lord with us in a coronavirus world. Would you lead us in prayer now?
1: Of course I would, because God is real. Father God, we just thank you that these things are real, and that as we come to you now, we're entering into another world where you are the God and King. And we pray for people, particularly today, who are suffering pain because of COVID, the loss of loved ones, people who are anxious because of their job loss or the difficulties they may get into or not seeing relatives or loved ones. Lord, we pray that you'll help us to turn our hearts to the wonderful message of the gospel and open those hearts with all their questions to you. We thank you, Lord, that you have got answers to the big questions. But also, you have a heart of love that showed itself when the Lord Jesus gave himself for us. So, Lord, we just pray for a world in pain that will learn that God is nearer than they think, even in a coronavirus world. For we ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.
0: Amen.
4: Sometimes we don't see how they could Struggles that break our hearts in two Sometimes blind us to the truth Our Father knows what's best for us are not our own So when your pathway grows dim and you just don't see him remember you're never
0: It's a few decades old, but it still speaks to me today from her album, Timeless, Babby Mason, and Trust His Heart, a classic here on Haven Today. And where is God in a coronavirus world? We are living through an unbelievable time in history. The COVID-19 pandemic has shaken many of us, and it's caused us to ask some real questions. If God is all-loving. Why does he allow this pandemic to spread? Or if God is all-powerful, why doesn't he eradicate COVID right now? These are not easy questions to answer. But I think Oxford mathematics professor John Lennox, who we just heard, does a great job answering hard questions. And with carefully thought out and profound biblical truth, in his new book, Where is God?, In a coronavirus world As I already said When I first picked it up earlier last year The Lord used it to minister to my soul In a hard time And I know it will do the same for you as well John not only shows us How the Christian worldview Helps us to make sense of our world today But reminds us of the sure hope That we have in Jesus So call us right now Make a gift to this 100% listener-supported ministry. We'll send the book right away, Where is God in a Coronavirus World? And our number is 800-654-2836. That's eight hundred sixty five haven Or go online, read a few pages from the book that we've put up, and you can make your gift there at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org I'm Charles Morris thanks for starting your week with me won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together the great story it's all about Jesus here on Haven Today for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If you take a walk on the beach, a number of observations will preach to you in ways only the Lord's creation can. Psalm 19 says all of creation proclaims His glory. The beach is no exception. Consider the water and the sand. The hotter the sand is, the colder the water feels. The same sun beats down on both. With us, the hotter our circumstances, the more refreshing the Lord's comfort and grace is to our soul. Now dwell on that cold, refreshing water, rolling in, wave after wave, unstoppable, relentless. He who did not spare His Son, how will He not graciously give us everything? The Lord's love in Christ, Romans 8 tells us, is just like this. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.